Join me as I walk you around the trade show so that you can meet some of the exhibitors at Make It British Live. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me every Tuesday and Friday when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice on making in the UK. Let's crack on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Make It British podcast. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would have heard over the last few episodes some of the talks that took place at our Make It British Live event, a yearly trade show, which we held at the Business Design Centre in London just a few weeks ago at the end of May. Now, I hope you've been enjoying those talks. If you're new to this podcast, then hello and welcome. We've slightly broken from the usual format over the last few weeks when I would normally be doing an interview every Tuesday and a solo episode with me, Kate Hills, every Friday. But instead, over the last few weeks and in the few weeks to come, I have taken you behind the scenes with some of the talks that took place at the show. If the talk that you wanted to hear has not yet been featured, don't worry, as we still have half a dozen coming up still on the coming weeks. And what I'll do is I'll put a list of which talks are coming out when in the show notes for this podcast so you can make sure you mark it in your diary. Now, if you're looking for a good place to start to get a flavour of the talks, go back to episode 61, where I did a review of Make It British Live and a summary of all the talks that took place. Now, today I've got another summary of the show for you, this time with the opportunity to meet some of the exhibitors at the show. Join me on a walk around the trade show floor and hear from some of the wonderful UK-made brands and manufacturers that were there. Before we get on to my little walk around the trade show floor, I just want to say, you know, what I love about our event is the people. And I hope that comes across in some of these short interviews. There are some real characters in UK manufacturing, which you might have already gathered if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. People in the industry are so passionate about what they do and there is a real sense of kind of camaraderie and of helping and supporting each other. Whereas maybe some other trade shows and events, you might you know attend and get the feeling that the exhibitors are all in competition with each other. I do like to pride myself and pride our exhibitors on the fact that we're all one big happy family. In fact, many of our exhibitors are actually family businesses. You know, husbands and husband and wives, sons and daughters, fifth, sixth generation family members. One of the exhibitors who's been with us since the first show back in 2014 is John England. So let's kick off with Judy Neely from John England talking about her experiences at the show. My name's Judith Neely. 
And our company is Franklin to Ferguson's and John England. It's a unique company in that we do three different things, but we are essentially the same company. So Ferguson's is a weaver of fabrics, the Jacquard weavers, with very low minimums, and you can design your own fabric. John England sells this fabric, okay? So it sells the fashion trade, the film trade, the interior trade. And Franklin's is the branding arm of it, and they create all the labels, the badges, the etc. to go with the product. So from start to finish, you can pick up a yarn and you can end up with a complete product ready to go to market and we'll even drop ship it for you. This sounds pitch ever. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> you've done that before. Um, so your stand looks amazing, Judy. It looks incredible. This is what, the fifth or sixth time you've exhibited with us? It is, I have to count now. There was the one with the Prosecco. <laughs> Always Prosecco. <laughs> Prosecco. We don't remember much about it, but it was really good. And then, of course, we had the brewery days. This, this has a theme going through it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, then, of course, to here. And we started quite small. We arrived with a suitcase to the first one. And as we stand at the moment, we're up to two full-size pallets, maximum height. Of stuff. Amazing stuff. You've got all sorts of knickknacks on your stand, haven't you? It's amazing. Well, we're always really, really busy, and we don't want people to go away, right? So you can tell people to wait, which isn't a good idea, or you can do things like we've woven the inside of our factory in the middle, okay? So we have steampunk cogs and, and brick walls all woven the whole way around on our three-metre-wide loom. And we've even, the, the, we've got a fire section that you would have in a factory. And the actual end of the fire hose is the one from the original factory. So that's from the 1800s. But we've made the, the hose for the fire bit out of um, wool and linen. But all the little knickknacks, the old cameras, the, the whiskey bottles, the pipes, the Edison lights, the, oh, it just goes, there's weights for fishing and boats. It keeps people interested. We find that people want to go and touch everything and that's exactly what we want because it's, we're so popular and we do so well at this particular event that we need to keep the people here and entertained until we can actually get to them. So is there any whiskey in those bottles? Of course there is. Would you like some? The funny thing is, we always take a bottle of whiskey to every show regardless of what it is and put it on a stand, OK? Was that full when you got here? No, it's really good whiskey, but everybody always assumes that it's not whiskey, that it's tea. We've never had any whiskey stolen anywhere, but I can assure you that's exceptionally good. Would you like to try some? No, but I reckon my Dave would. My, you know, my husband always yeah. works here and helps me out. Yeah, he's a bit of a whiskey fan. Well, that's actually the Quiet Man whiskey, so it's an Irish whiskey. And it's about 26 quid a bottle in the duty-free. So it's, it's not massively expensive, but it's easily drunk. You don't have to put any effort in. It just slides on down in there and the glow, you're like a ready brick man within three minutes. Oh, Judith, you're priceless. <laughs> you know what I love about this show? It's the characters and the people we have here. The show would not be the same without exhibitors like you. There's some really fantastic people in this industry, isn't there? Oh, there really is. And what's really helped with the show in particular, I mean, we, as you say, we've been coming for years and uh, we met Sam Weller, oh, years ago and neither of us knew anybody so we basically got drunk at your cost and it was a very nice evening not to put too fine a point on it but <laughs> as time's gone on we've become very good friends 
and we've taken it a step further. Instead of competing with each other in the textile trade, we're supporting each other, we're helping each other move forward. And that's a huge step in this trade, we're, who've been at loggerheads with each other and hiding designs for years. I mean, down to the point where our dyer went broke and we didn't know. And they saw us at another show, Gaprex, not to mention the name. Yeah. And they said, do you know they've gone bust? And we went, no. And he went, we'll go and get your fabric for you. Because we had like £90,000 of the fabric there. So Sam went and went and got it for us. So they went and got it for us. Well, one of our girls, our, our purchasing manager went over. But without them, wow. we would have lost... Our, and that, we wouldn't have even known them had we not got drunk at your cost at the show. Oh, yeah. Judith, I love you, you're a star. And a twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> In contrast to Judith, who's been with us at the show since the start, one of our new exhibitors this year was Axminster Carpets, who exhibited at the show to launch their brand new alpaca, yes, you heard that right, alpaca carpet range. It's a shame that you can't touch and feel this podcast because the alpaca carpets that Axminster show were showing on their stand really had to be felt to be believed. Here's Amanda Graven from Axminster to tell you more. Uh, do you want to tell me what your name is and what your company is and what it does? It's Amanda Graben. I'm Head of Marketing for Axminster Carpets. And I love your stand today. Tell me about um, this chap here, the Big Softy. Yeah, the Big Softy. It's our new product. It's a blend of sheep's wool and a touch of alpaca wool. So it's a really innovative new product. Oh, wow. So how do you weave a carpet with alpaca in it? Because it's a quite different yarn to... So yeah, wool, isn't it's it? taken us, yeah, it's, the product is 100% wool. Um, it's all designed and weaved in Britain. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a unique product. It's actually taken us two and a half years to develop this product to get the right blend of sheep and alpaca wool. So no one else weaves carpet with alpaca? Not to our knowledge, certainly not in the UK to our knowledge. Oh, wow, so that's an exclusive. <laughs> so how does an alpaca carpet, apart from it, it obviously feels amazingly soft, does it wear as well as a sheep wool carpet? Yeah, we only use a tiny amount of alpaca wool because it is a very 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 soft wool but the reason we've used alpaca is to deliver that softness but the other element it delivers uh, the actual carpet has a slight tonal effect in the design as well so it actually the balance of the two wools actually deliver a tonal so it has a slight pattern to it it's not entirely plain because of the blend of the two wools. Ah so that's why it's got that sort of marmalange yes. sort of yes. look. Yes exactly it sort of has a mar- marble effect on it yes. So what's the um, feedback been today from yeah. Fantastic, actually, fantastic. The main thing is actually people are really delighted that we're still designing and weaving in Britain. That's the main piece of feedback we've had, which is great. And lots of positive feedback on our new product as well, which is great. Brilliant. Well, I'm after some new carpet, so I have to come down to Axminster. (laughs) Absolutely, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Make It British Live sees manufacturers and UK brands travel from across the British Isles to exhibit at the show. Another first-time exhibitor this year was Melindra Grint, whose owner, Evian Griffiths, and his wife, Amanda, travelled from Pembrokeshire in Wales to be with us at Make It British. Here's what he had to say. I'm third generation of a small Welsh mill in Pembrokeshire. We weave cloth fabrics, uh, make blankets and frozen cushions. And do you want to describe what you've got on your stand today? Well, it's absolutely wonderful, but then I would say that. Um, no, I'll say that too. It does look amazing. <laughs> I love that chair. Uh, thanks. Um, how can I explain? It's, um, it's woven wool 
Um, we use a traditional Welsh technique called double cloth, um, and that's what we mostly do. Um, it's very graphic, uh, it's a bit mid-century modern, and um, it certainly works for us. I think your the the Melintraguin, I have pronounced that right, yes. haven't I? Um, cloth is very distinctive. You can always, whenever I see it in a magazine, I know it's one of yours. So, who does all the designing? Um, well, it varies. Um, some of the fabrics you can see are actually vintage, so the designer is lost in the mists of history. But um, they're all uh, every mill in Wales had their own designs, so everything you see was well. Is a melintagrant design, but uh, some of it goes back to the 1950s. Um, our current designer is having a lunch, um, but uh, she's brilliant. She's um, that's hers there, um, called Forest, and um, yeah, she's very good. And she's uh, got a wonderful sense of colour, so she's often takes an old design and adapts it for really for uh, for modern modern living. Yeah, they're beautiful. So how have you found the show over the last couple of days? Very good. Um, it's a really good networking show. We've met a lot of people, um, some of whom maybe it's uh, not necessarily immediately obvious how we might work with them. But on the other hand, they're really interesting people, so we have a chat. And it's, it's fascinating what comes out of chats like that. That's so true, and that's what this is all about. Well, lovely to talk to you this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you very much, Anne. It's been a great show. Another family business exhibiting at the show was Ince Umbrellas, who are a sixth generation family business. Here's my little chat with them. My name's Claire and I work for James Ince Umbrellas um, and it's a, I'm part of the family. So it's a family business. We've been around for a long time, for over 200 years, um, since 1805. Richard, he's not here this afternoon, unfortunately. Richard Ince, he's sixth generation. So he loves umbrellas, everything umbrellas, and we'll be very happy to talk to you about it. I think that some people think that we don't make umbrellas in the UK anymore. Come on, dispel that myth, Claire. Dispel How are you myth. still surviving? Uh-huh. Well, we are surviving because we are, we've got um, some very loyal customers um, who we look after and they look after us. But also our main market is London so and the UK, actually. So about 70% of our business is with London. About 20% is uh, the UK, only 10% export. Um, so one of the reasons why we're here is basically to um, promote who we are. A lot of people don't know us, really, to promote who we are, what we do, and uh, to expand on the export side would be absolutely lovely. And how have you found the show the last couple of days? It's been good. Yes, it's been it's it, it's been busy. We've had a steady flow of people through, um, and uh, we've interested um, new. We've um, been introduced to new people from um, Japan um, and from Hong Kong, um, and it enabled us to. Um, meet and greet some of our customers. So we heard, when we heard one of our customers from Japan was flying in to London, we encouraged them to come here. So we had a lovely uh, impromptu meeting in this environment, which is cool. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you. As you've probably gathered by now, there's quite a diverse mix of products at Make It British Live. But as well as the products, there are also companies that supply the manufacturing industry in the UK with machinery. 
everything from sewing and knitting machines to printing machinery and testing equipment. One such exhibitor was Mason Small, who is the inventor of a very interesting piece of kit. I will let Mason explain. Uh, my name is Mason Small, company is NMS, and we have button securing machines on the stand. So for, no one, for someone that hasn't ever seen a button securing machine before, what does it do? As in, how does it work? Well, buttons are attached with a normal sewing machine, but that's only part of the process, really, because they are liable to fall off, as everyone knows. So we have a special thread, which is a lycra cord thread, an elastic thread, and it's covered in a component that when you heat it, it fuses. So we stretch this thread and automatically wrap it around the button shank, and then we fuse it and bond it. So the <laughs> shank is now perfectly neat, it buttons nicely, and it will never fall off. And are you the only company in the world that makes these? We're not the only company in the world. We've couple of companies doing them but we are the original and we're the most innovative we still have the finest machines in the world and where do you make them made in leeds yorkshire love it thank you thank you so now you know what a button shank is if you didn't already another machinery supplier at the show is dcr machines let's hear what they have to say about the machines on their stand it's Darren, DCR Machines. We do leather good machinery, shoe machinery, sewing machines. And this is your third year at yeah. Making British Live? Yes. How have you got on this year? Very nice venue. Glad the date's going to be changed for next year. Really good. Good reception as always. And do you want to tell everyone um, what that fancy machine is at the front of your stand? They're all fancy. Which one? We've got embossing machines, strip cutting machines, skiving machines, clicking presses, everything you need to manufacture leather goods. Fantastic, thank you very much. Thank you. Suppliers within the leather industry are one of the things that are most sought after at our shows. And Abbey England have exhibited with us since the very first event back in 2014. And they always pull out all of the stops with their display. So here's what they had to say when I went to meet them. Hi, I'm Andrew Holborough. I am working for Abbey England Limited based in the Northwest. And tell everyone about your stand, what it's covered in today and what the story is behind that. So, it's covered in a wide range of different items because we are a wholesaler and we have 15,500 products, but obviously we can't bring them all here. So we have some nice leather, we've got full hide on one part of the wall, and we've got some nice Cedric shoulders. And then over to our far left, we've got some buckles, which I've hung as a, like a little buckle curtain design. I love that buckle curtain design, that's brilliant. So basically what you've done, you've got nylon string, hanging off a curtain rail with loads of brass buckles all the way down. That's fabulous. Yeah, so basically it's our Ritzer thread, actually. So it's um, saddle maker's wax thread that, uh, yeah, we've just hung in a different assortment of buckles on in a few different finishes. So you've got black powder coating, nickel plating, brushed chrome, all that kind of finish, and obviously brass as well. Looks fantastic. But you've exhibited with us, Abby, have exhibited since the first show. Your stand just gets better and better. Everyone seems to up the ante this year. Yeah, um, we try and keep it interesting every year um, just to make sure that when customers come to see us or potential customers come to see us, they see a different thing year on year. And, you know, we do have repeat customers that turn up every year and say, oh, that's interesting. Didn't know you did that. Um, so, yeah, we've just got to try and keep it interesting and varied and try and put as much product on there as possible. 
So how's this show different for you this year compared to previous years? It's really busy. <laughs> it's always busy. You've got wider aisles this year, though. Yeah, it's a different, obviously different venue, lovely venue. Um, we're on a bigger stand. We've never had a stand this kind of size at this particular show. Um, and it was a challenge not to make it crowded, but make it appealing to the eye. Um, you know, you want people to see it in a couple of seconds and walk over to you and have a good chat. And that's what it's all about. So who have you chatted to today? Anyone new? Anyone from far afield? Loads of new people. Um, hopefully they will turn into potential customers and we'll work alongside them and build up their brand as we go, obviously, through their stages of sampling and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also we've got customers that we've already had great dealings with and they're just looking to expand or create a new line. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kate. See you soon. What is interesting to see at the show is how the exhibitors who have been with us over a few years have gradually evolved and as they have responded to customer feedback that they get from visitors. Aaron Bagger is a knitwear manufacturer in Leicester, a company called DK Knitwear. And he took over the family business a few years ago from his parents and he started exhibiting at the show to help bring in new customers. Here, he tells me what a difference it has made to his business. So, Aaron, what is new for you? Like Your family business, 30 yeah. years. We're in 2019 now, had to think there for a minute. What um, have you seen change in the last five years since you joined the industry? So since, my, since I've started, we used to do a lot of things in acrylic. I mean, that's the cheapest yarn that you use. I mean, a lot of factories in the UK use it. We've literally, in the last year or two now, we've started moving into higher-end stuff. So we're doing merino walls, you know, lambs walls, shadow walls, stuff like that. Um, a lot more high-end garments. And even the finishing, we've changed from the old-school overlocking, you know, cheap and cheerful stuff, to the more full-linking, you know, cup-seaming, which is what the high-end people want to see. Uh, washing and stuff like that. That's what we're doing now. So you're going more high-end than you were originally? I think that's what the market's demanding. That is what it's demanding. I think, do you know what, a manufacturing, a knitwear manufacturing in the UK, you, it's not going to last forever doing the cheap and cheerful stuff. You buy People buy the cheaper stuff from China and Bangladesh, they get it. When we sell it for X amount, they'll sell it for X minus two pounds and a lot cheaper. Um, if we want to succeed and move forward, people want to see British-made goods. When you look at the Japanese and Chinese, they love the wools, British wools. They want to see that over there. Price point's better, you're making a better margin. You're proud of your products as well. I mean, I'm a lot prouder of the products that we're doing now than we were a few years ago. We're moving forward. And it's a family business, so what does your family make of the changes you've made to the business? They love it. They, they retired. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. Yep. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you, Kate. See you later. Another exhibitor who told me about how he has listened to customer feedback and to what they wanted to have made in the UK was Chamok Ali from New Planet Fashions, who are based in London. Ali was at the show with his business partner, Alan Scott, who has a very interesting previous career. Let's take a look at what they had to say. My name is Chomok Ali, um, my company name is New Planet Fashions and we make um, ladies and gents um, outerwear mainly and we also make skirts, trousers, blouses, laundry as well, we started making now recently, so that's all we do. That's a lot. That's not all. That's that's fantastic. So you make lingerie as well now. Is that because you saw there was a gap in the market? There's not many manufacturers were covering that. Yes, yes. Um, uh, there's a gap in the market for that, and uh, 
we refused once and the customer really insisted on us to do it and therefore they actually uh, supplied us with the right machinery to do them. And now um, uh, we're doing them right as I speak. Brilliant. And you have someone else on your stand here. It's your business partner, isn't it? Can you tell me what your name is? Uh, I'm Alan Scott and we've been working together for about 15 years, building up our uh, new plan of fashions from nothing. And you have another profession, don't you, Alan, as oh. well as being a garment manufacturer? Well, I was for many years a parish priest and retired. And now I'm about 100 years old and uh, got myself involved in this with Chumok. So why would you go from the church to fashion? Well, to make a little bit of money so that I could uh, live a slightly more uh, expensive life than I could on the very uh, difficult church pension. Get that one in your pipe. I hope you could hear what Alan was saying there as he is very softly spoken, maybe as you would expect of a man of the cloth. <laughs> Excuse the, the fabric pun. So with all this walking around the trade show floor, our visitors got pretty thirsty. And I asked Jack, who was in charge of the catering at the Business Design Centre, how the drinks had gone down. So... Um, how many cups of tea have we drunk? Uh, it's hard to say, I don't have a specific number, but you're definitely in the top two of events that we've done here of tea drinkers. <laughs> massive, massive tea drinkers here. Does that surprise you when the event is called Make It British? No, not at all. I was prepared, ready for all the tea drinkers today. Maybe next year we need to do tea and scones. I think that's where it needs to be. So you heard it here first. There will be proper tea and scones at next year's show. Or scones, if you pronounce it that way. And talking of next year's show, Make It British Live will be back at the Business Design Centre in London on Tuesday the 17th and Wednesday the 18th, 2020. So mark that in your diary now. Some of the exhibitors that you've just met, along with many, many more, will be at the show for you to meet. And if you want to be the first one to find out what's happening at next year's show and who will be exhibiting, then make sure you're on the Make It British Live newsletter list, which you can, of course, unsubscribe from at any time, should you so wish. But why would you want to do that? I'll put a link to for you to subscribe in the show notes for this podcast, which you can find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 065. And on the next episode, I'll be sharing with you another of the great talks from this year's event. So listen out for that next Tuesday. Until next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me a, just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.